John 15 is our text we've had for some weeks now, talking about fruitfulness. Let's continue on this morning. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch, how many? Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. So the Lord expects fruit from every branch. Are you a branch in the vine? Are you producing any fruit? Does the Lord really expect something out of us? He does. If we're not producing anything, he certainly expects us to begin to produce something immediately. If we are producing, what does he expect? He expects more. Now, this is not something that should bother us or upset us or alarm us. It's something that we should take seriously and make ourselves available and and have a ready heart and say, Lord, I want to produce. Help me to produce. I want to produce more. Don't get scared and go, uh-oh, I don't want to be cut off. Uh-oh, I don't want to be uh, missing. Don't get in fear. Get in faith. Yeah. Don't make excuses. Uh, make adjustments. Yeah. Get ready. Yeah. So how many would volunteer and say, yes, I want to be fruitful? Yeah. How many would say, yes, I want to be more fruitful? I do. I want to be. So that just simply means you're willing to make adjustments. Yeah. You're willing to make changes. You're willing. And so when he shows you something, that you receive it. And you go, okay, yeah, let's do that. So I can be fruitful. So I can be more fruitful. What did he say is necessary to become more fruitful? He said every branch that bears fruit, he purges it. That it may bring forth more fruit. Purges it. Now you're clean or purged through the word that I've spoken to you. In verse 8, he said, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Verse 16, you've not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. And that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. So in order to bear more fruit, we know we must be pruned. We must be purged. We must be cleansed. That's not a bad thing. Uh, think about it. Who needs purging? The fruit bearers. Some of us say, well, you need purging. You go, glory to God. I'm bearing some fruit. I am producing. But pruning is necessary to produce more. In Second Peter, if you turn there, we've been looking at this. We see something in the Word that describes specifics of how to be fruitful and produce more. Second Peter, the first chapter. Second Peter 1. Verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, 
According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Say that phrase out loud. Partakers of the divine nature. Now that sounds like vine and branches. Does the branch partake of the nature of the vine? Yes. Yes. And that's what enables it to produce fruit. It's what's flowing out of the vine into the branch enables fruit to be produced off the the branch. And verse 5, he said, beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, Temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things, these seven things that he just got through naming off, if they be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to God. These things will make us so that we're not unfruitful, but that we are producers. Then we ought to camp here for a while then, right? And we ought to see to it that we are adding these seven things to our faith. We're diligent about it. It's a way of life for us. We've covered a few of these already. It says add to your faith virtue. That word uh, it means basically excellence. Excellence. And uh, to excellence, knowledge. And to knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. We said that the opposite of these, the adding these things to us, maybe I said it like this, makes us fruitful. Keeps us from being unfruitful. Well, the opposite of these things then would be what we need to be purged from. What's the first one? Add to your faith. Virtue or excellence. What's the opposite of excellence? Well, it's uh, second rate, uh, minimum effort required type thinking and operating. Get by, you know, only doing the minimum that you have to do to get by. And uh, that, if you live like that and think like that and operate like that, you won't produce fruit. Like you should, and you won't produce it to the the quality of fruit or the quantity of fruit that you should. Excellence means to surpass, to go beyond, above, superior, top notch, first rate, your best, and his best in you and through you. Do you desire that? If you add that mentality, that thinking, That spirit of excellence about yourself and you think that way and you operate that way, it's going to make you fruitful. You're going to come up to another level. Can you see this? What was the other thing we add to our faith? Add to your faith knowledge. So what do we need to be purged from? Ignorance. We need the ignorance trimmed off. (laughs) Is there anybody out here that doesn't have some extra ignorance? (laughs) No. 
Every one of us has some ignorance. And we don't need that ignorance. What's going to take care of that? Knowledge. We need to learn some things. And do we get to the place where we don't need to learn anymore? Never in this life will you get to that place. You need to learn more. You need to know more. One reason why people are not fruitful is ignorance. Things they don't know. Things you and I have yet to learn. But if we'll follow the Lord, be where we're supposed to be, doing what we're supposed to be doing with the people, under the ministries that we're supposed to be, he'll be adding things to us. Praying, listening to the materials. And, you know, uh, I was looking through some of our previous series. Man, we've got scores and scores of complete series available just from when we began as a church just a few years ago. Remember the Lord said a while back, no charge means no excuse. So, you know, I was looking back over some of these things. Should anybody be ignorant of some of these basics about God will protect you, God will heal you, God will bless you, He'll lead you by His Spirit. Here's how faith works. It's there. It's available. We need to take advantage of things. Now, I'm not just through this ministry, but through all the good ministries the Lord's given us throughout the earth. Through His Holy Spirit teaching us daily and through everything that's available to us, we should uh, wake up every morning realizing, I have not even remotely arrived at what I need to know. There's some ignorance that's like dead stuff on me, keeping me from reaching my maximum potential of fruitfulness. How do I get this stuff off of me? Learning. I said learning. Anybody interested in learning? Do you need to learn more about God? About faith? About being led by the Spirit? Yes. How much more do you need to learn? A whole lot more. Well, you best get to it. No need waiting until next year. Get to it. Get on it. And purging that ignorance off of you and gaining more knowledge will have a direct effect on you and I becoming instantly more fruitful. What's the next one we add to our faith? Temperance. That word temperance means strong in a thing. What's the opposite of uh, being strong in a thing? Well, being weak. Being masterful, well, being a slave. We saw that he's talking about the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Like Paul, we must say, I keep under my body. I bring it into subjection. That's the opposite of your body controlling you. Many are body controlled. They're feeling controlled. And it is keeping them from being fruitful. In order to be fruitful, we got to be purged. Of being run by our feelings and our desires. we got to get in control of ourselves. You, the man on the inside, is supposed to be in charge of what you think and what you don't think. What your body does and what it doesn't do. So many people, their spirit is so weak. And their body and unrenewed mind dominates them. From way down inside, their little weak spirit says, no, don't do it, don't get drunk, no, no. And the flesh says, I want to do it, and I'm going to do it, shut up. Way down inside, the little weak, emaciated spirit says, you don't need to see that. 
You don't need to do that. You don't need to... Shut up! I want to look. I want to do it. And I'm going to do it. You've heard that voice before, haven't you? (laughs) So then who's in control? The outer man is in control, which means you're out of control. Are you with me? You're doing all kind of stuff and it's messing up your life. How many know yielding to the flesh can ruin your life? Following after the desire of your eyes and the desire of your flesh and your unrenewed mind can destroy your relationships, destroy your family, destroy your, your profession, destroy your ministry, can't it? Yes, sir. Keep you from being fruitful, can't it? Yes. You got to get in control. Yes. And I tell you what, you can starve those wrong desires and you can feed your spirit and feed your spirit until you have an absolute pole reversal. What do you mean? The spirit becomes very strong and dominant. And the flesh gets intimidated. Oh, come on now. The mind says, I'm going to think, uh, would it be all right if I think? And your spirit says, no. I'll let you know what you can think on and when you can think on it. Okay, all right, all right. I just ask you. The body says, I ain't getting up and going to work. I, get up. I said, get up. Mm, okay. All right. <laughs> I just thought I'd ask. No. I'll let you know when you get up and when you lay down and when you eat and when you don't. You don't do what you want to do. How many of you need to get yourself by the ear, by the nap of the neck? Who was it, Brother Smith Wigglesworth, years ago? Somebody made the mistake of asking him how he felt. How do you feel, Brother? He said, I don't ask Smith Wigglesworth how he feels. I tell him. Would God we'd learn this? We need to learn this. You don't ask your goofy feelings what kind of day we're having. Oh, come on, are you listening to me? You will be up and down and upside down and round and round. If you live a desire-led, feeling-led life. No, we are to live a spirit-led life. Anybody with me? Spirit-led. Not flesh-led. Not mind and feeling-led. Spirit-led life. Say it out loud. I lead. A spirit-led life. My flesh does not lead me. It doesn't control me. I control it. My feelings don't rule me. I rule them. Not the man on the outside. The man on the inside. Glory to God. If that's so, you will be, you'll exercise self-control or temperance. And if you do, you'll become more fruitful. What's the next one? Patience. Patience. Boy, you talk about bad confessions. You'll hear them in connection with this. Church going people. 
so-called faith people that ought to know better. Say, well, I'll tell you one thing, that's, that's a weak spot of mine. My patience. I know. I just not patient as I ought to be. Wash your mouth out. Do you know you don't have any more faith than you do patience? Do you know that? When your patience is gone, so is your faith. (laughs) They're connected. Through faith and patience, you inherit the promises. It's not enough to believe God like a house of fire for three days and then quit. Patience means perseverance, endurance, constancy. It means being like the Lord, the same, yesterday, today, and forever. If the Bible said by his stripes you were healed yesterday, it still says it today. And it's going to say it tomorrow. If he said he supplies all your needs according to his riches and glory, it said it before you were ever born. It says it now. It'll say it a thousand years from now. Are you with me? It does not change. So you should not change what you believe, what you say. And so you just stay after. This is one of the areas that I am the most in awe of our great God is his patience. Oh, wow. His patience is like... It reminds me of space. When your patience is gone, his has barely begun. And you and I need to become more like him. He'll say something that's going to be. Sure enough, 10,000 years later. <laughs> It happens. Are y'all with me? We say something. And look at the clock. Huh? And if we don't see any change in three or four days, are y'all with me now? Go to Hebrews. Now what are we talking about? We're talking about fruitfulness. Aren't we? Does this have any effect on our fruitfulness? Yes, it does. So what needs to be purged off of us? Cut off of us. Impatience. We're going to the 10th chapter of Hebrews. Impatience needs to be cut off. So don't say any more about you don't have any patience. That's nothing to brag about anyway. If you don't have any patience, it's because you have passed by every opportunity to develop it. (laughs) I know that sounds humorous, but it is absolutely the truth. You don't develop in anything unless you exercise it, unless you develop in it. It's just like a muscle in your arm or in your leg. If you want that muscle to develop, you have to take opportunities to exercise it, to load it. And work it and exercise it. Well, how's your patience going to develop? Same way. So, oh, I know that's why I would never pray and ask for patience. Ooh, man, you just asking for, oh, that's foolish. Don't talk such stuff. You need patience. It's key to victory. And so every time you find yourself in traffic, go look at here. 
I got me an opportunity to work out. Standing in a long line at the Walmart. What do you say? Look at here. Got me an opportunity to exercise my patience. We'll do some repetitions. What are we doing repetitions of? Patience. Patience. You can be antsy and you can fidget around and you can run your mouth and act a fool and mess up your witness. Or you can sit there and smile like I got all day. And your mind says, you do not. You got this to do and you got to get out of here and you got to do that. Hush. I said hush. And even though your flesh is just wanting to scream. You just look so serene <laughs> and so cool. And your flesh is, is just, <laughs> and you grab it yeah. and you push it down yeah. and you smile. <laughs> no, that's fine. You go ahead. Yeah, fine. Yeah. I'll just wait right here. That's fine. What are you doing? Tell me what are you doing? You are exercising. Come on, can you see this? So tell me why do people not have any? They blow every opportunity to develop it and yield to the flesh. Yield to the antsiness. Yield to their temper. And see, that's the problem because the more you yield to the something, the more it's going to develop. Why do people have such a bad temper? It's not because they're Irish or Italian or any other thing. Did you hear me? Well, that's just the way our family is. Well, it's because your family has yielded to the wrong thing for generations. Got nothing to do with genetics. Are you with me now? Why? Because they have chosen not to exercise patience and they have chosen to highly develop temper. They've yielded to temper every opportunity. Will you do that, you'll get to where you just yield to it without even thinking. And it's a bad thing. You could do the same thing with patience. You can choke that off. You can starve that. And you can yield to the other. And you can develop in it. So that you, you yield to faith and patience without even thinking. Because that's just how you, that's who you are. That's how you operate. No matter what happens. You go into faith and patience mode. Are y'all with me now? No matter what's going on. You don't lose it. You don't rant and rave. You don't scream. You don't want to scrape your fingernails on the chalkboard. You just go into faith and patience mode. You go directly to what you need to be believing. And you plant both feet like concrete pillars. And you are there for the duration. And you're going to believe God until this thing turns around. If it takes 10,000 years. And so you don't have 10,000 years. Yes, you do. Yeah, that's right. Not on earth, but you're going to be around forever. And when we get that through our head, it helps us to relax and go, whew, what's the rush? Tell your neighbor, say, I'm going to be around forever. Is that good? Does that help you relax? What's the big rush then? We live in a generation that is... Fast beyond its own understanding. Faith and patience. 
Verse 35, cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. How many like the sound of that great recompense of reward? Verse 36, you have need of what? You need patience. That after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. What's going to make us more fruitful? What does impatience do? Impatience is a quitter. Say it out loud. Impatience Impatience. is a quitter. What does impatience do? It quits. It quits. It quits before it gets to the end. It doesn't have time. It can't wait. So it quits. Oh, man. This is a big problem in today's society, isn't it? Oh, brother. People, they got in this and they got all excited and then it didn't happen as quick or to the extent as quick as they thought it should be. And so they jumped and they quit and they're on their fourth job now and they should still be at the first one. Did you hear me? They're on their ninth church and their fifth marriage. Are you listening to me? And the thing is, once you quit, it's easier to quit the next time. And once you've quit five times, you're primed to quit before you start. If you don't like it, you'll quit. So you don't see things through. How would that affect your fruitfulness? Oh man, you, you're never going to see a crop through to harvest time. You'll plant and scream and holler. And if you don't see it come up by next Thursday, you're going to another field. So you wouldn't know if it came up or not. How many new crops do not always come up by next Thursday? (laughs) So what do you got to have? Patience. Patience. One definition of patience is long-spirited. Long-spirited. Endurance. Constancy. This race that you and I are running. In fact, you're right there in Hebrews. Look at the 12th chapter. Verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a, a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Does that sound like purging there? And let us do what? Run with extreme effort. No, this is not a sprint. I said, this is not a sprint, is it? Mm-mm. This is not where you put the pedal to the metal. <laughs> And you give it everything you got, because what's going to happen? You're going to burn out. You got to find your pace. I said you got to find your pace, and you got to settle into that. Why? Because we're not just here to break a record by this afternoon. We're here for the long haul. We're here for the duration. It's not who can make the most confessions in 24 hours. It's not who can pray the loudest. It's not who can quote the most scripture. Are you with me now? Who is it? It's the person that released their faith and got excited. And three weeks later, they are still just as excited as they were. And they're saying exactly three years later. Come on now. They're still just as excited. Now that takes faith and patience, doesn't it? And they're saying the same thing they were saying three years ago. That person's going to have a miracle. That person's going to see the results of God. That person's going to have fruit in their life. You get impatient, 
you open yourself up to the enemy. Well, why isn't this? And why isn't that? And I don't understand. And it's already this time. And why? And how come? And why? You do that and you have opened the doors of your mind to the evil one. Because he is the one who feeds why? The big why? Oh, yeah. You go, why? Especially if you set in that tone. Why? 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 He goes, up, they're calling me. Because he is the king of why? (laughs) The devil is the king of why? Questioning. Why? Because it's unbelief questioning. Because it leads to more and more questioning. And what does that lead to? It leads to giving up. You start hollering about why and and getting irritated and and getting antsy. Faith. I remember... uh, I was in the car. This has been, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago. I was getting on the interstate where we live there in, in uh, Tulsa. And uh, I was annoyed by something that I was uh, believing for. And uh, it had been some time and it, and it seemed like I'm further away from it than I was sometime back. And I, I remember pulling on the bypass. I know exactly where it was. I can see it right now. And, uh, of course, I put my foot in. I like to get on the interstate briskly. And, and I... <laughs> I was, you know, it's not safe loitering around where people can hit you. You <laughs> get on out. That's why you need five or six hundred horsepower to help you get on, get on out there. But I was doing that, and yet I was, you know, I'm frustrated. And the Lord said to me, He said, "Son, faith is not frustrated." Because I'm calling myself, well, I'm believing. And He said, "Faith is not frustrated." I thought, well, okay. If faith is not frustrated, I'm frustrated. (laughs) Do a little deduction right here. Say that out loud. Faith Faith is not frustrated. frustrated. What is faith? The Bible said, we which have believed do enter into rest. That sounds like patience, doesn't it? Rest. So when you're all antsy and you're tied up and not, you're upset and you're scared and you're worried and you're frustrated. I don't care if you did make nine good confessions that morning. You're not in faith. Faith breathes a sigh of relief. Don't be agitated. Don't be moved. Rest in him. It's going to be all right. It's going to work out just right. For my good, God's glory. It's going to work out like it's supposed to. It's going to work out right. Hmm? Yeah, but you've been saying this for nine years. So? So? What does that mean? Don't mean a thing. What's nine years? <laughs> you see some of the looks I'm getting from across the crowd. It's a long time. No, it ain't a long time. It's just that we're people of such few days. But what's going to make us fruitful? We're going to cut off. We're going to prune off. We're going to trim off this impatience. Impatience is our enemy. Can you see this? Impatience will keep us from being fruitful. Impatience will make quitters out of us. No. He said you have need of patience. That after you've done the will of God. You'd receive the promise. That's us. Promise receivers. We're not just people that start. We're finishers. Oh, come on, come on. We're people that cross the finish line. We're people that see it through. We don't bop around and start a hundred projects and never finish anything. 
How many of you better off starting one and seeing it through than starting ten and quitting? What does what good does that do? Through faith and patience. Look over at uh, James, the uh, fifth chapter. James five and seven. What did he say? Bible said what? Be patient. Therefore, brethren, okay, quote your, quote the Bible to your neighbor sitting right beside you. Say, brother or sister, be patient. Be patient. Brother, <laughs> be patient. Sister, what do you say? Okay. How many of you are being patient? You're going to look that way too. Show me your patient face. Let me see. Got all the time. Does your flesh like that? Oh, no. No, tell me what your flesh wants to do. Get out of my way. I got to get out of here. I got places to go and things to do and people to see. I am a multitasker. <laughs> yeah, you're a frustrated unbeliever. <laughs> See, it's pride. People think they are above, you know, the average person, including us, in intelligence. So they're so quick and they're so sharp. They ain't got time to fool around. Get out of my way. I'm important. What I'm doing is important. Yours is not. Get out. You're full of yourself. And blind. You need some purging. (laughs) You're just in the right place to get it. Right? Purging. Are you willing? To get this ungodly impatience. Because it ain't like God. Right? It's not like him at all. I understand you can't even conceive of seeing the great father, the great Jehovah God on the throne and he's impatient. Hmm? Can you picture him on the throne? Frustrated. I got to get out of here. I can't take this anymore. I've been patient as long as I can. No, aren't you glad? I said, aren't you glad? I'm glad. He is so patient with me, with you. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He doesn't fly off the handle. Well, like father, like son and daughter, right? That's We take after our father, don't we? He has great patience, long suffering. While everybody else is biting their fingernails, his patience hasn't even begun. That's us. We're like that. I said, we're like that, aren't we? I had a fellow came uh, when I worked at healing school at the Hagen Ministry, and uh, he wanted to follow me around for a few days and and uh, learn about the healing school. And he asked the ministry, and they said that he could, so he did. So uh, we went around for a couple of days and. I think it was the third day. We came in my office after a service and sat down. And, and I just sat there and, and got quite, I'd preached. And, and uh, 
This fellow looked at me. He said, Brother Keith, he said, if you were any more laid back, you'd be in a coma. (laughs) I said, thank you. Thank you. That's a compliment to me. I don't know if he meant it that way. Because he was kind of antsy. He wanted me to move a little faster. (laughs) Well, no. The Bible said, they that wait. Wait on the Lord. What will happen? They'll renew their strength. How many like the sound of that? You rise up. Glory to God. You run and you won't be weary and wear out. Walk and not faint. He'll lift you up. He'll quicken you. He'll raise you. (laughs) You're not in a hurry for me to move on, are you? Okay. All right. Opportunity right there. Just exercise your patience. Be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. You know, some people are like, when's he going to come? When's he going to come? He's coming today. Lord, come. Come now. Come to the owl money. Come. <laughs> get, get me out of here. Now he's coming for a glorious, triumphant church. Not a church that needs bailing out. A church victorious, overcoming, with its foot on the devil's head. Saying, Lord, we did what you told us to do. We are occupied. Till you came. And we're ready to meet you. Not a little weak, impatient, frustrated church. (laughs) Be patient to the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth. What's he waiting for? And come on, read this. This is, ah, he's waiting. What's he waiting for? Precious fruit of the earth. And he has what? Now, when you're talking about God, we're talking about some patience. When God says long patience, he's being long patience. We don't really know what that is, but it's good. Until he received the early and the latter rain. Back up to the first chapter here in James. Well, I could use another hour. James 1, verse 2. What did he say? Brethren, get frustrated (laughs) when you have multiple problems, multiple challenges, divers, different and multiple temptations and tests and trials. You got a right to be frustrated. No. Do what? Count it joy. Now, boy, that is a very different mindset than all of the world and most of the church. That the more stuff piles up, you go, well, glory to God. (laughs) You had 23 problems, now you just got eight more. Well, glory to God. Believe I'll shout a little bit. (laughs) Could you be that strong? Instead of running and, and using up a box of Kleenexes. Can't talk to nobody. I'm just, I just have so many problems and it's just too much for me. It's just too much. No, three more problems today. And you go, ha! (laughs) Glory to God! Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And say, hey devil, 
Let me tell you something. You picked the wrong one. You should have picked somebody that would lay down with this and take it. You picked the wrong one. Because I will not quit. I will not quit. Even if I find my head where my feet were a few minutes ago. Even if I find myself entangled in the ropes and pummeled with a bloody nose. I'll say through the blood, I'm winning. I'm winning. I'll go, glory to God. I'm winning. How many know a man or woman like that? You can't defeat. You can't. It don't make any difference what's going on. They won't quit. And a person like that. We're hearing a strong person, aren't we? And what is your strength? There's a word in here. Huh? Count it all. This is the difference between being weak and being strong. In a situation, whether you yield to joy by faith or whether you yield to depression by feeling. You don't have to feel joyful to put on joy. Come on now. You don't have to feel glorious to say glory. Huh? You don't have to feel hallelujah to say Hallelujah. You can say hallelujah anyhow. You can say glory to God. None of these things move me. God's brought me through again and again and this will be no different. You starting to sound like David. He said there was a bear and we put the hurt on him. There was a lion and we put him out of commission. And this uncircumcised Philistine is going to be just like one of them. That sounds like counting it all joy, brother. That sounds like being strong. And he grabbed his little sling and he ran towards his problem. Didn't he? That's not being weak. Boy, he saw miracles. He saw the glory of God. Read this with me again. My brethren... Now, you told your brother a while ago to be patient. What does it say brother do now? Brother, count it joy. Count it joy. Uh, Now, can you receive this next word right here? Somebody comes and tells you a sad story. Here's a good response. Say, hey, brother, count it joy. You might want to step back. They may slap you. And that's sad because we're quoting the Bible. And yet people, they, they don't want to hear that. They want you to cry with them. Hmm? No. What do you say? Oh, brother. Oh, man, this happened and that happened and the other happened. And if you say, glory to God. <laughs> Count it joy, brother. <laughs> Well, I may not tell you next time. (laughs) But how many know, no matter, it is the correct response. It is the faith response. It is the way to get victory. Count it joy. Count it joy. Oh, friend, I wish you'd put this in your mouth for the next time somebody comes up and says something bad to you that's happened. Say, well, count it joy, brother. Count it joy. 
If it felt like joy, you wouldn't have to count it joy. If it looked like joy, you wouldn't have to count it joy. Count means to account, to reckon it. Well, I'm just counting that joy. Well, it don't look like joy. I know that's why I'm counting it joy. (laughs) That means you're being strong because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And as long as you stay in joy, you stay strong. You start sniveling. You start feeling sorry for yourself. You start whining. You're going down. Did you hear me? You're going down. Let's don't be a little weepy. Weakly. Whiny baby. Christians. Let's be counted all joy. Let your patience abide. Let your faith rise up. Strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. Christians. Say it out loud, I am strong strong. in the Lord Lord. and in the power power of His might. might. So what do you do when things harass you, when things bother you, when things nibble at you, when things are persistent, when things try to tempt you to be frustrated? Tell me what you do. What do you do? Count it all joy. Why? It's just another opportunity for God to show up in my life. It's another occasion and opportunity for God to get glory. That's why you tell the devil, devil, you picked the wrong one. You picked the wrong one. Because we're going to make you eat this. Before this is over, you're going to wish you had not put this on us. You're going to wish you had not. Why? Because we're going to stand and stand and never quit. And God's going to come through. You just watch and see. And everybody's going to see that you couldn't do it. That you wasn't big enough. And you're going to be made to look bad. And God is going to be shown to be glorified and faithful. So you'll pick the wrong one. Let patience, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. But let patience have her perfect work. Does that sound like maybe it might take more than a few minutes? Yeah. Maybe more than a few days. Yeah. Maybe more than a few weeks. Maybe more than a few months. (laughs) Stop there, stop there. No. (laughs) Maybe more than a few years on some things. But let patience have her perfect work. That you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. That sounds like abundant fruit. Doesn't that sound like a overflowing crop? Bountiful fruit. Wanting nothing. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Said out loud, I'm not impatient. I'm not unbelieving. I'm not a weakling. I'm not a whiner. I'm not a quitter. No matter what happens. I count it all joy. (laughs) Yeah. I count it all joy. I count it all joy. Glory to God. 
Said out loud, I'm not a coward. I'm not fearful. I'm not weak. You know, one reason we can be so bold is we're not afraid of death. We, we, we're not afraid of death. If you're not afraid of death, you're not afraid to die. That includes anything. You're not afraid to die from lack or from disease or from accident or from crime. You're not afraid to die. If you're not afraid to die, you can live with courage. If you're afraid of failure or death and this or that, you're always trying to hide from it and you're always trying to run and you're scared and and frustrated. But when you're not afraid, courage rises up in you. We've already said you're going to be around forever. Not on the earth, you know that, but you are. Count it all joy. And let patience have her perfect work. Stand up on your feet. Glory to God. Close your eyes. There's people in here been believing for some things for a few years now. Don't let that move you. Don't let it move you. Nothing has changed from when you first started believing. The Word of God hasn't changed. His will hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. Faith hasn't changed. So a little time has passed. Doesn't mean a thing. Doesn't mean a thing except it means that you're closer to it than you've ever been. Glory to God, you got that behind you now. Let patience have her perfect, complete work, that you may be perfect, complete, and entire, wanting nothing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today, free of charge, by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.